Thanks for tuning in to the Lean 911 podcast where you'll have a voice directly from the Gemba. I will rely on my three decades of lean successes as well as my failures to answer your most challenging questions regarding your lean transformation. I'm your host, Mark Deluzio, President and CEO of Lean Horizons Consulting and the Principal Architect of the Danaher Business System. Looking forward to your questions now. Let's go to the Gemba. Welcome to Episode 4 of the Lean 911 Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between the Danaher Business System and the Toyota Production System. I get a lot of questions on that. How do they compare? How do they contrast? What influence did Toyota have on the Danaher Business System? So we're going to get into that and give you a little bit of history, a little bit of uh, contrast in terms of what these two fundamental successful systems are all about. My name is Mark Deluzio, and I am the Principal Architect of the Danaher Business System, and I am the CEO and President of Lean Horizons Consulting. So why don't we get going and start talking about what is DBS and how does it contrast? The Danaher business system fundamentally is a system to provide business excellence for the entire enterprise and all stakeholders included. Now, this is an original, if you're looking at the screen, the original icon that we use for the Danaher business system. But we basically try to find the voice of the customer and try to meet those objectives through safety, quality, delivery, and cost in that order deployed through policy deployment or what we today call strategy deployment. Some call it ocean planning. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. The whole idea is to break through and seek world-class excellence as an enterprise, not as a function, not as a manufacturing company, but as an enterprise. So we'll talk a lot about that. And it all revolves around total associate involvement, which is really key. The Toyota production system factor into DBS. Well, basically, I can argue that at the beginning, the Danaher business system was TPS. We just blindly copied it. Kind of funny because we had the consulting company. We brought them over in 1987. We were the first ones to bring over Shingajitsu. And that was led by Yoshiki Iwata, who was the founder of Shingajitsu. And God rest his soul, he passed away. I may be doing a whole episode on him someday. And Chihiro Nakao, one of my other principal mentors, who's still with us, and he's the president of Shingajitsu at the time. So these two guys, along with other lieutenants of Tayashiono, they worked directly with Tayashiono, were the guys that kind of implemented it at Toyota. Now, Ono picked 10 engineers from suppliers and within Toyota to form what's called the Autonomous Study Group. Five of them broke out to create Shingajitsu. And again, we were the first ones in 1987 to bring them over. And we started implement TPS at a company called Jake Break, which was one of the Danaher companies. I happened to be there as well. I started right around 1987 and was hired by George Konisaker and Art Byrne. And we did a lot of great things at, at, at Jake Break. It was hard not to make improvements there because we were so messed up. And uh, that crisis that we had was really the emphasis in terms of us moving forward with change. And I'll talk a little bit more about this later. But the bottom line was Toyota had a huge influence and still does into the Danaher business system. So we created what was called the Jacobs production system. And one of the questions I get all the time is how did DBS come into being? Well, we created the Jacobs production system. And again, it was a carbon copy off of TPS first. We'll admit that. And then we started augmenting it to look at different areas of the business. For example, I was the father of lean accounting. 
which never existed, at least in the United States. I can't remember anywhere else it did either. And we started adopting our accounting management accounting practices towards lean thinking. Now, all the stuff that I've learned in traditional cost accounting had to throw out variance analysis, absorption accounting, price variance, all those crazy standard costing. And there will be a separate episode on that because that's a very hot subject that a lot of people don't get. But anyway, the Jacobs production system then morphed into what we call the Danaher production system. We started spreading this around to a couple other plants within Danaher. And sooner or later became the Danaher business system. I was asked by our new CEO in the early 90s, George Sherman, to do what we did for Jake Break, do it for Danaher. And that was my marching orders. Do for Danaher what you guys did for Jake Break because we made such tremendous improvements in that company. So that really was the start of what we call the Danaher business system today. Is DBS just about the shop floor? Get that all the time. Initially, it was. And that's where most of our ills were. But one of the things you're going to find out is the things that you see on the shop floor in terms of problems and issues resonate in a lot of respects from other areas. For example, if you have a quality issue, very much it's a design issue. I'll bet you any money nine times out of 10. And it's a design issue that you got to deal with, right? What if you have an inventory or delivery issue? Well, where's sales? Why is the manufacturing people always the people who are reporting on these things without those other functions, right? So yes, it did start, but it expanded. And we started looking at this and said, let's change it from DPS to DBS, Dan Her Production to Dan Her Business System, because we wanted to spread this within the functions of the company. Now, we didn't really know what that meant, but we knew that there was a lot of waste in functions too. So why we can't we take the same principles and apply them to the administrative and the non-manufacturing areas, including engineering? So... We called it DBS, wasn't really sure how we were going to do that, but we knew intuitively we had to do that. Sooner or later, we learned it wasn't about improving functions. It was more about improving the enterprise. And I'll hold to this to the day I die, that if you try to improve and optimize any one function in your company, you are going to compromise the rest of the enterprise. I can guarantee you that. So what we need is one full muscle called an enterprise working together to hit our objectives of all of our stakeholders, including shareholders, customers, employees. And I got that in reverse order, because if you start with employees, you'll take care of the customer and the customers will take care of your shareholders. Okay, so, so enterprise-wide transformation is where it's at. That's really what we got to look at. We don't want to just improve functions. We want to work together as an enterprise. Now, this is where strategy deployment kind of came in and looked at it from a multifunctional perspective. And I'll talk about that soon. Can we copy DBS? I get, the answer is no. Okay. No, you can't copy it. I get calls from C CEOs all the time because they teach what I've did up, up at Harvard a lot in a lot of the business schools. And I've spoken at Harvard and MIT and Kellogg and all those schools. And <clears throat> they'll call me up and say, we want to do DBS. And my first response would be, go work for Danaher, okay, if you want to do DBS. You can't do B DBS, just like you can't do TPS, the Toyota Production System. You've got to develop your own approach. It doesn't mean that you can't take the principles and some best practices, okay, yeah, and some of the tools, sure. But you've got to develop your own approach because your business is unique, 
your industry, your culture is unique. Okay. So the answer is no, you can't copy. If you copy, you'll, can we just learn the tools? I, so many people we're focused on the tools. We're going to implement tools, 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 right? And the answer is no. And the, an analogy I like to use in my garage sitting behind me here in my office, I have almost every tool you can imagine to build a house. But guess what? I don't know how to build a house. So that's the key, right? How do you build a house? That's what this is all about. That's what the Danaher business system was all about. It wasn't about implementing tools. Now, I'm not trying to say that tools aren't important. Don't get me wrong. They're very important. But you got to know how to build a house. And strategy deployment are a real key to helping you understand how to build that house. What about Six Sigma? I get asked all the time. Theory of constraints. How do you guys deal with those? Well, first of all, we think Six Sigma is a very valuable tool, and we included it into the Danaher business system, but we did not create a church around Six Sigma similar to what some other companies did. GE, for example, I think that was a big mistake. The old adage when the only tool you have in your tool belt is a hammer, all of your problems look like nails, and it can't use Six Sigma for everything. It has its place, and we include it in the toolbox, but you know, we had to change the name to variance reduction only because so many people came into Danaher as we were growing and wanted to convert DBS to Six Sigma. And I had to fight that. I spent about a year fighting people coming in to, from GE, wanting to create little clicks and little clubs and all kinds of certification parties and all that. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I've got a whole thing on Six Sigma. And by the way, I'm not anti-Six Sigma. I'm certified myself. But it has its place when it's needed, just like any other tool in the toolbox, all right? Theory of constraints. We looked at this very deeply, and I understand it very well. And we said, no, there's nothing different and new about theory of constraints. As a matter of fact, we thought TOC violated a lot of the lean principles. So we actually said we would confuse the heck out of our people within Danaher if we introduced theory of constraints. It would have been a mess. So we consciously decided after a lot of hard looking at it that we weren't going to include it into the, uh, the toolbox, if you will, of DBS, all right? So, and again, I might have just a separate section on contrasting Lean and Six Sigma and TPS. As a matter of fact, I think I have a webinar up on YouTube somewhere on this very topic. But no, TOC would have been mass confusion. As a matter of fact, just between you and me, I think the theory of constraints was a way to sell software. I think that's what the Goldrat did. Uh, he created this thing. It was a lot of principles, not a lot of facts. And I have yet still been told when I challenge people, show me a company that transformed themselves successfully just using TOC. And by the way, same thing with Six Sigma. There's none, right? If a company can't copy DBS or TPS, what's there to learn from these organizations? I get that asked all the time. It's about benchmarking, best practices, okay? And adopting those to your situation. Standard work, for example, which is a core of the Toyota production system, is all about repetitive, discrete manufacturing. Well, if you're not a discrete manufacturer, then you can't use the concept of standard work. However, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have your processes documented with standard procedures, which are different than standard work. That's an example, right? Some things do apply, 5S, for example, okay? You may not have a business that does a lot of changeovers. so. SMED, single-minute exchange of die, isn't all that relevant to you, right? Why would you go out and learn that if you're not going to use it? 
So the principles will always apply, however. The concepts and principles of the Toyota production system are inherent in the Danaher business system, and those principles apply no matter what business you're in. I've been on five continents in dozens of different industries, all kinds of different places, and the principles always apply. They'll apply to a lemonade stand. Okay, so so keep that in mind. People confuse principles with tools. We got to focus on the principles, and that's really what you can learn when you start looking at the Toyota production system. How did strategy deployment play into the Danher business system? Well, again, Danher called the policy deployment, but strategy deployment was a game changer for us because once you take care of some of the low, obvious, low-hanging fruit, you have to be strategic as to where you're going to go. Now, what we always had this mantra that we developed, actually I developed it, said you have to earn the right to grow. You can't grow your business if you've got operating problems like delivery and cost and quality issues and things like that, you have to fix those. So first, your strategy is going to be fix and get your business right-sized in terms of the right quality, the right delivery and all that, and then you can grow, right? So we did not allow our businesses to grow if they couldn't do that. Okay, so strategy deployment was the key because that provided us focus in terms of how we're going to break through things we've never done before. And maybe they were never done in any industry before, okay? That's what strategy deployment and breakthrough thinking is all about. If you're uncomfortable with it, if you're comfortable with your goals, then that's not breakthrough, that's not stretch, right? One of the elements of breakthrough is that you don't know how to do it. So strategy deployment focused on not only what we were going to work on, but it focused us on what we weren't going to do. We made conscious decisions as to what we weren't going to do and what we weren't going to apply resources to. So so think about that because this is a resource game. And if you're spread all over the place and not focus on the most critical things of your business, you're going to fail. You'll work hard. You might even have some fun, but you're not going to make the progress that you're going to need to. Why is there so much focus on Toyota? Everybody, Toyota this, Toyota that. My friend Jim Womack, when I've had this discussion with him many times up the Lean Enterprise Institute, it's like, why don't we focus on Brownfield? <laughs> because the Toyota production system is great and there's a lot to learn. But the real game is going into a brownfield environment. What do we mean by brownfield? I mean, a brownfield environment is an environment where it's been running for years in a very traditional way. Things might be broken, okay? And you have to go in there and now with a whole new set of thinking because lean is very counterintuitive. Now, I'll have a session on that down the line in terms of the counterintuitiveness of lean. Many people say, oh, it's common sense. Well, not really. What if I told you you have to slow your machine down? You look at me like I have four heads, right? So as an example, so Brownfield is a real different game. And there's people out there today that have experience in both Toyota and Brownfield. My friend Colleen has that experience, and hopefully she'll join me in doing a podcast someday on the differences between a Brownfield environment and uh and, 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 and Toyota, which, you know, you can argue is a greenfield type of type of event. Nobody's going to argue with you at Toyota whether or not tack time applies, as an example. You get those arguments all the time in a brownfield. So it's a different game as you go through. So I always held that all the things that we did at Danaher were brownfield in nature. And it's a different golf swing that you have to learn in order to apply this at a brownfield environment. How did DBS change over three decades? Well, the first thing I'll say is I'm so happy that the Danaher 
corporation is still using things that I put into place three decades ago. And by the way, when I say I put into place, it wasn't just me. We had a whole team of great people. A lot of those people work right now for Lean Horizons. Okay. I got Kevin Mathis, for example, who put our first mixed model line in the Hennessy Industries down in Tennessee. Joe Rutz, who he and I traveled the world integrating acquisitions and was a master at creating the, the marriage between IT, information technology, and lean. And he knows how to apply it the correct way as you go through. And he helped us a lot in that thinking. So, so it wasn't just me who developed DBS. It was a whole team of people, some really good people. So I'm not with us today. Guys like Danny Kirby, Don Doles, people like that. So a lot of great thinking went into the development of the Danaher business system. So I, I'd be remiss if I'm the one that is only taking credit. But over the years, DBS has put in growth tools, sales tools, commercial tools. I talked about lean accounting, talent management, product management. You can see that there's all kinds of different avenues that this thing grew to. Now, one thing I think you need to understand that something like DBS or whatever your system happens to be, is not immune from Kaizen. You have to look at this and say, it's a product that we need to improve because it will never be perfect. So how do you do the plan, do, check, act against your own system? One thing I will tell you, our CEO, George Sherman, God rest his soul, never once in 10 years of working for him, running DBS, asked me, Mark, how much money did you save this year? Mark, give me a, a, give me a, a return on investment of the Danaher Business System office. He never did that, which I thought was amazing because he had such insight. I mean, he was, to me, the best CEO I've ever met in my life. But he had such unbelievable insight to understanding that the rubber meets the road at the operating units. They are responsible for and Because we did breakthrough through strategy deployment, they had no choice but to use DBS because they wouldn't gotten there in a traditional way. Right. So, so never got asked that question once. So many people I deal with all the time running these offices. Hey, how do you calculate the savings and how do we do that? And good luck with doing that. I'm a pretty good finance guy and I have trouble doing it. Okay. So I wouldn't recommend you spend your time wasting your time on that. If that just means you don't believe in what you're doing, if you have to do that kind of exercise. Okay. So the Danaher business system is not immune from Kaizen. It's continuing to improve, evolve, just like anything else in your company. Okay. Somebody said to me one day, don't be like Toyota, be Toyota-like. Pretty interesting, right? Be Toyota-like. One of my first trips to Japan in 1990 at Toyota, I asked them, how were you guys able to have all your competition in your factories, like GM and Ford and Chrysler? And what they told me was what they need to know they cannot see. That's what we're talking about here. It's not the hard tools. Yeah, it is. You got to be good at the tools. I understand that. But you really have to look at this from a cultural perspective. How are you treating your people? I'll talk about the Lean Trilogy maybe in another podcast where we should be looking at employees, customers, and shareholders and understanding it's a win-win-win and all those constituencies plus others have to win, right? So anyway, don't be like Toyota. Be Toyota-like. That's really what we're talking about. So thanks for visiting. Please send me your questions, your comments to mark at lean911.com, mark at lean911.com, and I'll be happy to either personally get back to you or I will address your questions 
in another podcast because a lot of these podcasts have tentacles to them and maybe they ask more questions in your mind than they answer, but that's what this is all about. So this is a continuing involving endeavor as well, just like the Dan and her business system. Thanks for listening to the Lean 911 podcast. I'll be happy to address your questions or feedback on future episodes. Email me at mark at lean911.com. You can check out our other episodes by visiting our website at lean911.com, our YouTube channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your host, Mark DeLuzio. Thanks for listening.